The New York Giants were busy towards the end of this week signing three brand new free agents. We're going to hear from the various locked on hosts about what the Giants are getting in these new players. That's coming up next on the Locked On Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. I'm your host, Patricia Trena, and on today's show, we had a very busy uh, show today. Um, I met with three of our Locked On hosts from Locked On Commanders, from Locked On Lions, and Locked On Bills, and they're going to tell us a little bit about some of these new free agents that the Giants signed. So we have David Harrison of Locked On Commanders. He's going to tell us about Bobby McCain. Then we're going to hear from Joe Marino of Locked On Bills, who's going to tell us about Tommy Sweeney. And then finally, we hear from Matt Derry, who is from Locked On Lions. And Matt is going to tell us about Amani Oruaria. So we're going to hear from those three guys, and they're going to tell us about those signings, what the Giants are getting, strengths, weaknesses. Always good to tap into the network here at the Locked On Podcast and find out from the other hosts who cover these guys, you know, on a regular basis, um, what the Giants are getting. So um, without any further ado, let's hear first from David Harrison of Locked On Commanders. All right, New York Giant fans, joining me now on the podcast is David Harrison, co-host of Locked On Commanders, and he's going to give us a little information about the Giants' newest defensive back signing, Bobby McCain. David, thank you so much for coming on the program with me. Oh, absolutely. Happy to do it. All right, David. So what can you tell us about Bobby McCain? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the word that that comes to mind first when when you talk about Bobby McCain is solid, you know, and and in NFL circles that typically means average, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, I think that you're getting a very capable free safety type of defensive back um, who's a team leader. He's willing to do what the team asked him to do. You know, last season uh, in Washington, we watched him start off the season up top, you know, playing next to Cameron Curl back there as you know, kind of your traditional free safety, strong safety. Uh, duo, even though the commanders do a lot of different things with their safety. So there's no, like, I think the days of like the traditional strong safety are really kind of gone with the, with the passing league today. Uh, but that's a different conversation. Um, you know, and then later on in the season as Derek Forrest emerged as a really good uh, player and the need for a nickelback uh, emerged with William Jackson getting kind of, you know, pushed to the side, Benjamin St. Juice moving back outside, Bobby dropped down uh, into the nickel spot and did, and did admirably, you know, not, uh, not the greatest tackler in the world. He's a, he's a little bit of a smaller guy. Wouldn't put him up uh, against you know. Uh, fortunately, he's not going to have to. But like, if you were playing against Darren Waller, wouldn't put him up against Darren Waller uh, lined up uh, in the slot. But you know, and if you see him at practice and training camp lined up there, uh, if I'm Daniel Jones, that's where I'm going to throw the ball. But you know, as far as covering slot receivers, um, you know, that's that's probably his strongest suit, mostly in zone. If you're playing a more athletic slot receiver. 
but just a smart, savvy guy, locker room leader, uh, doesn't make a lot of noise, you know, on the practice field or in the locker room. Uh, but as media, you're going to love him because he's always willing to talk and he's pretty, he's pretty upfront. You know what I mean? Doesn't, doesn't have a lot of canned answers. He's, he's pretty willing to, uh, to tell you kind of what's what and, and be professional about it. Now, as I understand it, he was initially a cornerback and he converted to safety when he got to Washington. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, like I said, I mean, DB, right? Defensive back. That's kind of like we have edge rushers nowadays. Like people don't really classify defensive ends and outside linebackers. It's just edge rusher and then we make you work. Uh, that's how I would describe Bobby McCain. But yeah, cornerback um, starting off, moved to free safety. Uh, again, kind of down into the nickel last year. And I think that's really where the most value from a guy like Bobby McCain is going is to come from because. You know, versatility is a great word in, in today's league, and everybody's looking for that versatility. Uh, I mean, you know, to bring up Darren Waller again, like that's one of the reasons that people love the tight end uh, like that, who's willing to do some work in the blocking game, you know, but also capable of doing things uh, in the passing game. Bobby McCain is, is that guy. If you want him uh, to play outside, I don't know if I would want him to, but if you want him to, he's going to do it, and he's going to give you his best. You keep mentioning free safety. Does he have experience playing down in the box, and is he much of a blitzer? Uh, I don't know if I would say that he's much of a blitzer. If you can catch a team, you know, unaware, like if, if you can catch them by surprising and get them, get them free without a blocker, then sure. He's, he's absolutely got the speed uh, to kind of close there. But for the, for the box type of guys like Derek, Derek Forrest in Washington was the Buffalo nickel uh, kind of your, your in the box hybrid, you know, safety linebacker hybrid cam curl is, is more of that kind of box guy for the Washington commander. So Bobby McCain is certainly more of a cover guy in that aspect. And in terms of, you know, you mentioned some of the things he does well at free safety. How is his speed at this point in his career? Uh, again, solid average, right? So like if, if you, if you play the Miami dolphins, you know, for example, and you have Tyree kill in the slot, don't leave him. you know, don't leave him manned up. And then if you put him in zone, put somebody on top of him, uh, you know, but he's at adequate speed. I think if, if you put him against kind of the, the median uh, speed guy, you know, in, in the national football league, you can at least do enough to keep up. And, and again, that veteran savvy and intelligence, He's smart enough to know when his skill set is outmatched by his opponent and knows how to do things to make sure that 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 disadvantage uh, most of the time doesn't become, you know, a poison pill. And he I assume he has experience with press coverage, which is what Wink Martindale likes to run a lot. Yeah, certainly. I mean, the the commanders will run a little bit, you know, run a little bit of press, run a little bit of zone. Um, I, you know, I think most defensive coordinators nowadays, I don't know about Wink specifically, he seems to be a little bit more. Uh, of a guy who might be typically kind of like, here's how you do it and do it my way uh, just from getting to talk to him down in mobile this year and kind of feeling out his personality. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of, especially the veteran guys, like, what do you need? Do you need to be up front? Do you need to back off a little bit? Do you need to bail early? Do you need to play that press? However you need to do it to make the scheme work. But if you ask him to do it, he'll, he's certainly willing to do it. I think that's kind of the, the biggest thing is anything you ask Bobby McCain to do, he's going to do it for the team. He's going to do it the best he can. And he's also durable. I believe he's only missed a, a yeah. small handful of games and certainly none in the last three years. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely reliable guy. I mean, 15 games played uh, or more for the last three years, two years with Washington Commanders. Um, sir, I mean, he's, he's a guy who's always there. You know what I mean? No matter who was maybe getting injured, who wasn't. Again, we went through injuries with William Jackson. Uh, Cameron Curl had, had some injuries throughout the season. Uh, Benjamin St. Juice ended up going out towards the end of the season, but Bobby McCain and Kendall Fuller for what it's worth was also kind of like that veteran steady presence, uh, for the secondary. And, and yeah, I mean, I think it was Trent Dilfer was the first person I heard say the most, you know, the most important ability is availability. Um, so hopefully you guys get that out of Bobby, uh, and Saquon for what it's worth as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely Saquon as well. Yeah. Why do you think Washington didn't try to retain Bobby? 
Uh, it's a move to the younger to the younger players. You know, Derek Forrest really took a step forward uh, this last season, and and that's kind of weird because like Derek Forrest and Cameron Curl, I would kind of say they're very similar type players, more box safeties than they are pure cover safeties, but they also both have the ability uh, to cover it and have some range as well. So it's an interesting dynamic what's happening uh, with Washington's defense. They also have Percy Butler uh, that they got in last year's draft and liked him a lot. And he is kind of that more traditional athletic, faster cover type safety than he is kind of an in the box guy. Um, Also got some experience at the nickel position uh, last season as well. So I think they like what they have there um, with some of the, the cap moves that they needed to make. I think they were in dire cap situations, but just kind of able to free up some cash, uh, move Derek Forrest kind of permanently into that co-starting safety uh, position. Percy Butler's role expected to expand this year. And then, of course, uh, as you know, this year's NFL draft is full of of big nickel safeties. So if you need to go get yourself a nickel slash safety uh, in this year's draft, you can do that. So they decided to go that route, uh, I expect, versus keeping Bobby McCain, letting him go out as a veteran uh, and find another deal elsewhere. Now, when he was initially, um, he hasn't signed as of this recording. He probably will by the time this airs. But a lot of people said, oh, there's your replacement for Julian Love. Now, you've seen Julian Love a couple times, you know, when the Giants have played Washington. Similar skill sets to Julian Love? Or how does Bobby's skill set differ from what Julian brought to the table? Yeah, my understanding of Julian Love, I, I think you're going to get a little bit of a less physical brand of football out of out of Bobby McCain than you do uh, a Julian Love type. Um, I think that, you know, certainly a, 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 a presence that you can have in there, but I would lean more on using Bobby McCain as a cover guy than I would any type of, of box work. And again, Julian Love, I'm not 100% familiar with him, but I do, you know, from what I remember, just mostly from him coming out of the draft, more of a linebacker safety hybrid, more on the safety side than the linebacker side. Am I right in, in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, and Bobby McCain is just, he, he's more your pure defensive back. You know what I mean? So uh, right. again, if you, if you need him to fill a run fit, he's going to give it his all. Um, if you need him to blitz, he's going to give it his all. But uh, as far as that being his strong suit, I would use him more kind of in your sub package third and long, or if you have him, if you want him on the field on an every snap situation, then that's where you might look at him at nickel uh, in a coverage standpoint or at that uh, free safety. Uh, I don't know if I would leave him single high too often, um, but if you leave him single high and, and you're confident in the matchup uh, on the, on one side, just give him half the field to cover and he'll be able to do it. What about special teams? That was a big role that Julian played for most of his career until mm-hmm. like they cut him back last year. What, what does Bobby bring on that aspect? I mean, he hasn't had to do a lot of it. Honestly, we've had uh, guys like Christian Holmes, Tariq Castro fields, Percy Butler uh, in Washington kind of fill those gunner roles and, and do all those things. But I mean, I wouldn't be, I would be surprised like if, if the Giants asked Bobby to do some work on special teams and he just flat out denied it, I would be incredibly surprised. Again, you're getting you're getting a really good guy, uh, uh, team team player, team focus. Uh, again, he's, he's not going to shy away from really any challenge that the Giants throw at him. So I believe he certainly could provide value there if, if they need him to. Um, I just don't you know, I don't recall seeing him do a lot of it. Definitely a lot of younger guys that we saw doing that for Washington. And then, of course, one final intangible to talk about is the leadership. He is an older guy and the Giants defensive back room, you know, safeties and cornerbacks, very young still, not a whole lot of guys, you know, with a lot of experience like Bobby has. I mean, how is he as a mentor and kind of like a on-field coach? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a quiet dude. Like, you know, if, if uh, I'm, I'm assuming the Giants have some open training camp practices, uh, every NFL team, you know, does that. It's, it's good, good for business. Um, He's not going to jump out, you know, like fans going to look for Bobby McCain. You're going to have to look for him because he's not going to jump out from a personality standpoint. But Patricia, you're going to see him 
in the locker room and after games and everything. And, and I always go back to uh, Christian Holmes. Uh, I can't remember who the opponent was, but he, he had a really good outing uh, against one team. And, and Christian Holmes, you know, he's a late-round draft pick last year, rookie, you know, goes out, has a really good performance, getting a lot of praise in the media. The fans are really excited about him. And you know he's got to feel good. Goes up the next week and just absolutely gets destroyed. I mean, he ends up getting pulled off the field mid-game and doesn't come back out there. After the game, we go into the locker room. And, you know, he, it's 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 the sad, unfortunate situation that we've all kind of seen many times over. He's sitting in his locker kind of to himself, head o- towel over his head. And, and you just feel bad for the kid. You know what I mean? You know kind of how he feels and and you feel bad for him. So we're all leaving him alone, you know, backing off, giving him his space. You know, we don't want, you know, there's there's a time and a place for all that stuff, you know, and that just wasn't the time and place to, to be all up in his business and, you know, just kind of let him deal. Um, but something that we all did notice is, is many, many players were going over there. Linebacker John Bostic was going over there and talking to him, but Bobby McCain, was also one of those guys going over there and talking to him. And, you know, uh, in that moment, you know, you're not going to make Christian Holmes happy or smile or anything like that. But you, you can see Christian kind of nodding his head a lot. And Bobby was just, you know, his kind of calm demeanor. And I think that's really the great thing about Bobby is he's not, you know, the rah-rah type necessarily. But what he brings is honesty, authenticity, and he brings it at a cool, calm level. So it makes that delivery pal- palatable for any young player uh, to really take in. And, and, yeah, outside of what he's going to bring on the field – I think any young DB uh, with the New York Giants, I mean, if you want to learn how to be a pro in the National Football League for a long time, Bobby McCain is a guy that can teach you how to do it. Well, it sounds like the Giants got an underrated but very good addition to their defensive backs room, to their defense and their team. A typical Brian Dable signing, Joe Shane signing. Um, he sounds like a tremendous guy, and I can't wait to beat him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm happy for Bobby. Happy to see him landing with the team that, I mean, is obviously expecting to compete for playoffs, right? That's that's what you want, mm-hmm. and uh, happy to see Bobby do that. All right, Giant fans, coming up next, we're going to hear from Joe Marino of Locked on Bills. He's going to tell us about Tommy Sweeney. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Hey, Giant fans, the Built March Madness Bracket is here. We know that you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'm going to be voting for the Mint Brownie Puff, a limited-time offering, which is just one of my absolute favorite flavors that Built offers. Which one will you be voting for? Support your favorite bar or puff at BuiltMarchMadness.com and be automatically entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked-on listeners will get a free box of Built. And one lucky fan will get a 12-month subscription to Built. So don't delay. Vote every day in March. And don't forget to pick up your favorite Built bars or puffs at a 15% discount with your first order by using the promo code LOCKED15. Hey, Giant fans, thanks so much for making the Locked on Giants podcast your first listen or watch every single day. Now for your second listen or watch, check out Locked on NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise on this special podcast available Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. All right, Jay fans, I am joined now by Joe Marino. He's the host of Locked On Bills, and he's going to tell us a little bit about Tommy Sweeney, the new tight end that the Giants have signed. Joe, thanks so much for popping on with me. Yeah, glad to be on with you and 
with these connections between the Bills and Giants, I have a feeling we'll be talking quite a bit here. Probably. I mean, certainly, you know, the Giants also signing Jamison Crowder, who had a cup of coffee pretty much with the Bills. But let's focus on Tommy Sweeney. Uh, My understanding, he's a blocking tight end, not really much of a pass receiver. What can you tell us about him? Well, Tommy Sweeney, seventh round pick out of Boston College, uh, completed his rookie deal with the Buffalo Bills and spent a lot of his time as a healthy and active player. Obviously, he missed an entire season. Uh, due to a heart condition that was discovered, but he was able to come back and uh, return and and be part of the team, although he didn't dress a whole lot. Um, With Tommy Sweeney, I think you're looking at a tight end three, a guy that will be in that mix for the Giants, of course, behind Aaron Waller and and behind Daniel Bellinger, who I'm pretty excited about. I think he'll be a nice young player uh, for the team. But I think Tommy Sweeney's kind of in that competition to be that third role I think it's fair to say that his best skill is his blocking ability. I wouldn't say that he's an above average blocker, right? I think he's um, a baseline caliber contributor as a blocker that at Boston College, if you remember watching him there, he had really tremendous hands and ball skills and body control, but athletically, he's just very limited. And so he's not going to command a whole lot of opportunity actually catching passes for an offense. So uh, baseline skill set as a blocker and a receiver, but not really enough that's probably going to put him in contention if everyone's healthy to be a game day active player. But I'll say this, the best thing about Tommy Sweeney is what he brings to your locker room. And that was something that whether it was Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, the general manager, other tight ends on the roster like a Dawson Knox, they really praise Tommy Sweeney as a glue guy for the football team, a guy that can really bring value in that department. And especially for, you know, for the success that Brian Dable and Joe Shane had last year with the Giants, it was still their first year, right? Kind of building this thing. And you still looking for those core pieces of your roster that are going to be aligned with your vision that are wired the right way that are going to help really continue to cultivate a a strong culture that appears to have been started. And a guy like Tommy Sweeney is going to be able to fall right into that and really connect the message from the coaching staff to the locker room and be an asset in that capacity. So I'm not sure there's a whole lot of catches and yards and touchdowns coming for Tommy Sweeney, but I think he can be a major asset to the building of the football team now and into the future. So pretty much a leader, a guy who, you know, can coach up some of the younger guys, you know, even though he's a young veteran. I mean, is that what what you're basically getting at? Well, I think that could be part of it, but it's just about personality. It's about buy-in. It's about a, a guy that was always... Uh, upbeat and friendly and happy to be around the guys and and really took a proactive role in making sure that there was a bond between the players and the way that he was able to connect with his teammates. You know, I think that creates a good environment for everyone to come to work every day and be the best version of themselves. And he's a big time relationship guy. And I know that through a year of Brian Dable, you know that he's all about relationships and uh, tough, smart, dependable, right? I know all the buzzwords with Brian Dable. And um, I think Tommy Sweeney is going to be able to come in and really further emphasize some of those core principles throughout this young rebuild that looks like it's off to a great start. Yeah, indeed. Now, when Tommy was used in the offense, I mean, you mentioned he was primarily an inline blocker. I mean, what were his strengths and weaknesses as a blocker? Was was he, you know, just a get in the way type of guy or could he really take a guy out? Well, he's definitely a guy that's going to profile best to an inline role being attached to formations, a guy that has good size, 
that can come in there and hold his own against defensive ends and climbing to the second level against linebackers. And certainly there's going to be some familiarity there with what Brian Dable is doing with that offense and things that he's done in the past. So he should be able to come in and, and, and hit the ground running there, but where he's not really going to be much of an asset is detached from the formation. You're not really going to get a lot of value by flexing him out and asking him to block in space on the perimeter or really um, have to connect with a whole lot of moving targets, right? Athletically, there's just some limitations there. Does have some special teams background, which of course is, you know, the more you can do, especially as a depth player, that'll help him bring some value. And um, but definitely from a blocking perspective, his strength's going to be in line and um, attached to formations. Those rare times when he's had to run routes, what, how's his speed and, and can he separate or is he pretty much not much of a, a yards after the catch guy? Right. Very, very athletically limited where he's going to be able to help you as a pass catcher is by taking advantage of space, right? Leaking out into space, sitting down into zones and catching the football. And um, there wasn't a lot of opportunity his way to catch the football for the Bills and I think that just speaks to his limitations, right? And the Bills weren't a team that prioritized tight ends. There was points in time, even when Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator late in the season in 2020, 2021, excuse me, where they only dressed by choice one one tight end for games. Like, that's unprecedented, right? Yeah. So he's it, kind of an afterthought. So there wasn't a ton of opportunity there. And with Dawson Knox really kind of being the guy there since he was drafted. And I think they actually came in together in the same draft class, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that he was always kind of in the back seat, And then there was other players in, in front of him. So uh, just not a whole lot of of plus traits there that really make you want to involve him in your offense. He's got size. He's got body control. He's got hands. But is he going to separate? Probably not. He's more of a zone beater and, and leaking into space type stuff. Were you surprised that he left the, the Bills? I The reason I would say that I would have any level of surprise is because of how much what people like Josh Allen and Sean McDermott and Dawson Knox talk about him as a teammate. And that goes a long way in Buffalo. And I think you'll learn that'll go a long way with the Giants, with Shane and Dayball. You know, they really value guys that come to work and do things the right way and have the right DNA. And because they spoke so highly of him and certainly he's had some personal things that happened to him health-wise while he's in Buffalo, you felt like there was like a bond there. Um, But from a football perspective, I'm not surprised because I don't feel like he's a player that really elevates the talent on the roster and really can help evolve the offense. And, And so from a football perspective, no, from a human perspective and, you know, sometimes you're 50, 52, 53 man guy on the roster or more, glue guys that aren't necessarily there entirely for their skill. It's more for what they bring to the locker room in general. And so yes and no on, on my, uh, my surprise level for his departure. So he sounds like a guy that, you know, one thing I've noticed with all the guys that Shane and Abel have been bringing in high character, yep. probably, you know, team first, not me first type of guys, you know, guys that are willing to, to lay it out out there all on the line. I mean, is there anything else about Tommy that you could tell us? No, I I think what's, if you really want to get excited about Tommy Sweeney, go back and watch him at Boston college. He was a really fun player. He commanded a lot of volume in that offense, uh, caught quite a few passes. And so I think that's where you can really get the most appreciation for his skill set and where he played his best football. And then I think, you know, going to the national football league, 
certainly the the talent level is different and, and he kind of became more of an ordinary player than a standout guy but he glue guy tight end three special teams can block a little bit catch a little bit but I don't think he's really going to change the course of an offense, right? This is a depth player and, and you got to have those, right? Not everybody is uh, Saquon Barkley or Andrew Thomas, right? You got to have these players too. And he'll help uh, really put this roster together and, and provide them with a, a human being that they're comfortable with to be part of, you know, the, at least the off season part of the 90 and compete for the 53. Well, considering how the giants run blocking was from the tight ends last year, certainly, you know, they had to upgrade that. That was one of the sneaky needs. And it sounds like, you know, Tommy can can maybe bring that. So he'll compete with Chris Myrick and Lawrence Cager and, you know, Waller and, and, and Bellinger are set at tight end. So it sounds like they're building up the tight ends. And I, I, one last thing I want to ask you, Joe, this year's tight ends class is supposedly deep. Mm, or, I mean, yeah. I, I'm kind of surprised that the Giants, you know, they, they've been adding tight ends. I mean, is the class maybe not as deep as I think it is? I know you do some draft scouting and stuff, but what's your take on the tight end class? That's yeah, really good. I think there's four guys that would not surprise me if they were picked in the first round. I don't think four tight ends are going to be picked in the first round, but I think you have those types of caliber of guys and a couple more that I, I think are absolutely day two players. And so I think you've got seven, eight, top three round talents at tight end. And that's a lot. That's a, that's a healthy number. And so I, I am in on, on this tight end class, but you know, to your point there, uh, a position that the giants need more production out of, and, and maybe the best way to do that is by leaning into some veterans because we know tight end, even the best ones, it's typically a slow developing position in the NFL because, well, you're learning to become a receiver and an offensive lineman, right? It's tough to do. So there's a, a big curve typically for tight ends and, uh, for as dire of a need as it may have been for the Giants, I can understand leaning more into veterans as opposed to, all right, we want to uh, kind of acclimate and onboard a, a rookie that's going to take some time. Hey, Giant fans, we might not have football right now, but there's plenty of sports action going on. The NBA, the NHL, MLB's coming back. The WNBA is coming back. And what better time now than ever? to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook app, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 if their first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app from the app stores or from FanDuel.com. It's safe, it's super easy to use, and it's secure. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores to the spread and more. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss out on the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, Giant fans, joining me now on the Locked On Giants podcast is Matt Derry of Locked On Lions, and he's going to tell us a little bit about the Giants' new cornerback, Amani. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Patricia, listen, we, we, you know, let's tell the listeners and the viewers here. That you've yes, been practicing let's, let's, let's listen. Oh, I, and I wrote it down phonetically. <laughs> you've been practicing this. You've been going I, over with me. Oruarie. You're going to have O-ru-ar-ie. some, you're going to need some time on it. But <laughs> I, I needed it too when they drafted him on a Penn State a few years ago. So welcome to the club now. <laughs> I'll get it, folks. I promise I will get oh, yeah. it. It takes, me, it takes me a little bit to get it, but 
I will get it the more I practice it. Um, Matt, what can you tell us about uh, the Giants' newest corner? Yeah, I've never seen a 180 like I saw with Amani over the last two years. Quite honestly, he was probably the team's best cornerback in a very bad season of 2021 when the team only won three games. And uh, But he really, really stood out. He played well. He, he, he was a mid-round pick that had moved up. And with his size and with his ball skills, the six-interception season, people were excited. They're like, Amani Oruwari is probably better than the third overall pick, Jeff Okuda. And then this past year, Patricia, he was terrible. I mean, he was really bad. And so it's obvious the Lions were moving on from him when they've spent all of free agency, Detroit, signing other cornerbacks. And so they were never bringing him back. Um, Aubrey Pleasant, the Lions defensive backs coach, was fired midseason last year when Oruarie was struggling. It was just a bad season for him. I, I think a one-year deal and a, and a new venture in New York he, he's going to need to turn things around because it just, it's there. But this past year, he was, he was really bad. Yeah. Cause he was a starter, I believe 2020 and 2021. And last year the bottom fell out. I mean, do you, was it the change in coaches? I mean, what, what do you think was the cost uh, his, the bottom to fall out? Well, no, I mean, he had played pretty well under Aaron Glenn and pleasant in 2021, like I said, and then this year, I just don't know what happened. Uh, it got to the point where they deactivated him early in the year. He went from a starter to benched to not even dress for a couple of games. And then, like I said, Aubrey Pleasant, the defensive backs coach, was fired midseason. Some of it was placed on Oruwari's shoulders on how he had struggled. Okuda had actually had a, had a really good first half of the season, and then they were getting Jerry Jacobs back healthy and a few others. Mike Hughes, Will Harris outplayed Amani, and he was basically just a special teamer toward the end. He had to actually come into the game in week 18, go back and watch the tape against the Packers because Okuda was out and Jacobs got hurt. And immediately Aaron Rodgers goes right at him and burns him. So it was like, wow, you can't even put 24 on the field. He just really, really struggled. So he's a good guy. I'm rooting for him. I hope uh, a, a change of scenery here can help him. What are his strengths, though? I mean, prior to the bottom falling out, I mean, he, big guy, has size. It looks like you know, from what I, I was able to, to gather a physical corner. I mean, where's he a good fit? Is he more of a zone guy, a press man? Can he do both? I mean, where are his strengths? Yeah. I mean, you know, before, when, when he first started with the lions, uh, they still were under the, uh, the Matt Patricia regime. So it was a lot of a man and, and press coverage and they barely played any zone. Um, then when Aaron Glenn came in, they did play some zone. I think he's better there. Um, he doesn't have great speed. So I think uh, uh, speedier receivers on the outside kind of ran right by him and he had trouble catching up, you know, and then the ball skills two years ago was when he got beat, he at least turned around, knocked the ball away, made a couple of picks, like I said, and played pretty well. Um, but there's a reason he dropped in the draft. He was not a first or second round pick or anything like that, but he developed first couple of years where you went, wow, he's coming into his own. And then this past year, I don't know what happened. I mean, he just dropped off to the point of, like I said, deactivated. Um, they didn't really want to put him on special teams because he really wasn't a special teamer. Probably going to have to be now. Um, but I'm hoping that maybe with a new staff and just a new start somewhere else that he can get back to, to that 2021 form. But it's pretty good with the ball. He can make the play. He makes catches. He doesn't drop interceptions. If they're in his hands, he, he gets them. But he's got issues staying with speedier receivers. You know, I, I wonder, I don't, obviously I haven't met him yet. You, and you 
probably have, have spoken with him a few times. I mean, what do you think of his um, mental makeup? Do you think, you know, given what he went through last year, is it something that he can bounce back from? Is he resilient or is he the type that, you know, maybe it seeps into his head and now, you know, he's going to need a little extra um, coaxing, if you will, to, to bring out, you know, what we saw when he was a starter. I mean, he was a good teammate. Uh, anybody that gets kind of, you know, demoted from starter to backup, backup to not even on the roster or not even on the, on the roster for game days and deactivated. And then here, like I said, week 18, they, they threw him back out there once Okuda got hurt and Jacobs went down. I think like say either Jacobs or Mike Hughes was hurt in that week 18 Sunday night game and they were out of corners. He had to play and he went out there and he gave it his best. I mean, easily could have just kept his helmet on the bench, waved off the coaching staff. I'm good. Nope. He, he went back out there. So um, I think he's a good enough guy and I think he is resilient. His issue is, is, does he have the speed to stay with some of these receivers? You know, he's playing in a division, you know, where, where you're going to see, you know, scary Terry twice a year. You're going to see uh, a Brown, um, you know, and those guys in Philly, AJ twice a year and the Cowboys guys, <laughs> not easy. That's not an easy assignment for him. Um, moving him to safety. I don't know if that's something they'll do. Um, maybe a possibility, but I think he's, he's, he's probably best probably in the slot and, and, and a, and a nickel guy to get started at least. And hopefully, like I said, get him back to where he was two years ago. Cause he had a really good year. He can play in the nickel. You said, I mean, I think that's where they're going to have to put him. Um, I wouldn't start him on the outside yet. I just think the speed isn't there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I wouldn't say he's de- he's a slot guy per se. I mean, when the Lions, when Okuda was going through his problems a couple of years ago and then got hurt, um, Amani kind of stepped up. They it was a bad roster two years ago. It was a three-win team, but he he shined. And I think going into last year, the thought was he's gonna be there and he'll make he'll make uh he'll make uh things better. And it just never happened for him. And hence why Brad Holmes went out and signed Cam Sutton. Emmanuel Mosley, CJ Gardner Johnson, re-signed Will Harris, Okuda's back. Um, and the only guys that really are gone from that secondary are Mike Hughes in Atlanta and now Amani with the Giants. I mean, you know, Wink Martindale for the Giants loves to blitz. He loves to be aggressive. I mean, does that fit with what Amani does well? He's big enough that I can I think he can be physical. I do. But if he doesn't jam at the line of scrimmage and really stop that receiver from getting out of his break. That's where I think the trouble starts. Uh, The ball's underthrown. Like I said, if he's there, he'll make the play, but if he's beat, he's beat. And it just too many times we saw 24 with his back turned four or five yards behind the receiver. And it got to the point, like I said, that they, they couldn't play him. Uh, And I, I don't know if it just was a confidence thing. I don't know if he's lost a step. He's not a, old player he's not in his 30s not even 28 i don't think so um hopefully maybe maybe there was an injury but he was out there this year there really wasn't any any injury concern it's just the concern was his 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 play this year yeah i was just going to ask you if there were any injuries that you knew of that maybe you know attributed to his his decline i mean it sounds like and tell me if i'm wrong it sounds like maybe there was a loss of confidence you know once a guy keeps getting beat like a drum did maybe you detect the confidence dip? Yeah, I think that's possible. But like I said, I mean, uh, willing to answer questions after games, 
Um, pretty good teammate. Never sat. The only time he sat out is when they deactivated him. You right. know, I think he would have been on special teams um, if they would have put him there. I think they did for a couple of games, but you know, he's, he doesn't have the greatest speed and I don't think he's a guy that runs all that well. So, you know, when, when they had a guy like AJ Parker, Jerry Jacobs, Will Harris, uh, Melifon Wu, those guys were more special teamers than Amani. Um, I think they're going to look at the tape from last year and 2021 is my guess. The giant staff is going to kind of see where it failed a year ago, because it just, it was a steep drop off from what we saw two years ago. In terms of, you know, I'm sure the Giants are going to dip into the cornerback class in this draft class because it's so deep. But if assuming that, you know, and and I know they're going to compete, so I shouldn't really assume, but let's say he doesn't win a starting job. Is he, do you think he's best suited for like a nickel package, a dime package, uh, playing maybe a pseudo linebacker, even given his size? I mean, what, what role do you think he could, he could play given the various sub packages that maybe, you know, Wink Martindale might like to run? Well, obviously Wink's a very good defensive coordinator. I think they're going to figure that out. Um, he was mostly playing outside corner in Detroit. Um, I don't think he's a hybrid safety tackler type. Um, I think he's more of a, solid guard, the other team's second or third best receiver uh, type of player, um, you know, remains to be seen. Look, the other thing too, Patricia is the giants are, have not done very well with former lions, Kenny Galladay and Jared Davis. I can't believe his back. So like, <laughs> be, be very wary of former lions going to play for the giants. It hasn't worked out quite yet. Yeah. Matt, we'll thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I promise I will work on Amani's last name. <laughs> uh, that's t- I-, I feel so bad when I don't get these last names right, but I will work on it. I will. Well, we're doing. You know, we do these shows every day, uh, as your listeners uh, and viewers know, uh, Patricia. So, yeah, Oruwarie, it, it, it'll it'll roll off the tongue in no time. So ho- ho- I, just- I'm rooting for him. I, I hope he does well. I, I think that uh, a change of scenery. He knew he was not coming back here, so yeah. I think a change of scenery is going to be good for him. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed because, you know, they need to build up the Giants need to build up their cornerback depth. And, you know, like I said, I do think they're going to dip into the draft class and, uh, you know, because they got to start thinking for the future and we'll see where he fits in. I mean, you know, it's going to be an interesting competition to say the least. So thank you again for popping on. Uh, Giant fans, thank you for tuning into the Locked on Giants podcast. We'll be back on Monday with all new shows. So until then, have a great weekend, everybody.